The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody out there in Radio Land, this is James Young from the Rock Band Sticks. If you are technically challenged, if you got trouble with that computer yours, because Lord knows I do, you need to listen to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemmy. And I'm Andy Taylor. Thank you for being here. We're missing somebody from the show today. Yep, but that's uh, that's okay because we got a, He's got a very important reason. <laughs> yes, he is now a father. Yay! So, congratulations to Sean. Uh, now, I'm wondering, you know, the beautiful name, baby boy. Yeah, very healthy baby boy. Looks just like Sean. That's <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. What do you th- what do you think? You you think they named him Max after Mad Max? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Max is not a, a extremely common name. It's it's not like it's you know, uh, I I I think Eric has like I think it's one of those names that's coming out more frequently again. It's becoming more popular. Yeah. Because I believe Eric's got a, a a kid in his class named Max. Really. So I think it's becoming more popular again. It was like I don't know when the last time it was popular, but you didn't quite hear from it for a long time, and then all of a sudden now you start to hear more of it. So. Uh, I think that's one of those names that are making a comeback. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. I, you know, I, I was looking forward to talking to the both of you because I've been having a dilemma shopping. So, okay. I, so I currently have in my office, I have two 27-inch monitors. They're Acer 27s. Um, they're K27Ls, okay. I think is what, what it is. I bought them back in 2015. Yeah, and I got a deal because I bought five of them because we have Two in the studio, two in the uh, office. We have one in another room, and then uh, we got a good deal on them, right? So, mm-hmm. but I've decided, like, I've, it's getting to the point where I'm like, they're, they're kind of, they're monitors. So that means you've got that bezel in between them. They're sitting on the desk. They're not always looking perfect. So I have been shopping for what a lot of people are doing now is going with a single ultra-wide monitor. Yeah, that's what I have at work. Did you go go with the Samsung when you were at work? Is that what you went with, or did no, you go with Adele. just a cur- Adele? So yeah, but it's but it's a ultra wide curved. So not, that's exactly what I'm looking at, and yeah, I have been shopping, but I'll tell you, it's really confusing. Even I can kind of try and understand some of the some of the the you know the different numbers, the stats that are around some of these monitors, for example. And then you've got prices that go all the way from. $700 all the way up to two grand. Yeah. And so I'm I, number one, I'm looking at uh, the, I was originally looking only at the Samsung. It's a 49 inch. It's called the Odyssey G nine gaming monitor. And this one is a 240 Hertz, what they call a 1000 R curved QLED. It okay. does a maximum resolution of 5120 by 1440. Uh, it has uh, a now, and this is what what is frustrating with some of these ultra wides is you're going to find that they're not very long from bottom to the top. So if you've been used to a 27 like I had with the Acer 27 yeah. on my desktop, which has about a I want to say 15 inch, maybe 16 inch from top to bottom as far as screen, the some of the curves that are coming out are only 13 inch. Yeah, this I'm looking at a picture of this Odyssey G9. This thing is insane. Yeah. I mean, this is this is super curved. I mean, this <laughs> you sit close <laughs> enough to this thing, it wraps around your head. I mean, it it's is that, it's that curve. And what's crazy? Mine's not even that much. Well, what's crazy is you can lift it up from the base and tilt yep. it if you wanted to, which yep. is pretty. Uh, we we talked to um, some of the people that were at CES this year. 
Samsung was was showing that. Now, we reached out to Samsung. We were trying to get one to show on television, and that way he was going to give me a chance to demonstrate it, get a feel for it, and then send it back, and then I'd go out and buy one. Uh, but I was actually asking for the CJ890, which is also a 49-inch. See, this is the thing. They've got so many of these on the market. It's mm-hmm. a 49-inch ultra-wide. Now, instead of the 5120 by 1440, it's 3840 by 1080. Now, for okay. somebody who is looking for that, it's also only 15 inches instead of the 16.39 inches from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it uh, you have a little more a little more length on that one, 47.4. But again, it's not as thick uh, from the top to the bottom, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And it's only 144 hertz. Now. What people have been telling me is when you go from a 60 hertz, which is what I have now, right? Two 60 hertz monitors, and you jump to 144 hertz, you will see the difference. You will, but what's the resolution on those? What's the max resolution on it? The max resolution. Is it, is it 1440p or is it only 1080p? 10, 1080, 1080p on that one. Mm, so no. the, and now that one runs 999. All right. Yeah. I've, I've seen it uh, for 899. They had a sale at Best Buy this this past weekend. I was looking at it. The max resolution on the uh, Samsung G9 is 1440. Where, okay. where Now, for those who don't know, where does that play? So 1080p is what we've pretty much known for the longest time now. I mean, it's been around for, you know, going on 15, 20 years, 1080p. Uh, then we had 4K. Mm-hmm. And where we have 4K, which is, you know, it's, it's uh, 3950 by 21. Some, I can't remember exactly what the resolution of 4K is. But then you also have 1440p, also known as unofficially, unofficially as 2K. Okay. So it is, it's, it's half the resolution of 4K and it's better than, than, uh, than the 1080p. Honestly, don't go with a 1080p monitor anymore. Honestly, don't go. Go with a fourteen forty. Now, you know if if you're if you're you gotta you gotta rank your your, your what you want out of a monitor in in order. So, what's most important to you, Andy? Is it that it's curved? That it's an ultra wide? Is it more important for you to have a high refresh or a high? Or is it more important for you to have a high resolution? For me, I, I think the the importance was just to be able to get rid of two twenty seven inch bezeled, you know, monitors on my desktop and replace mm-hmm. it with one. Now, you know, the point made, I'm I don't play a lot of video games. Doesn't matter. Honestly, you it, the yeah, I know it's, you know, these are gaming monitors and whatnot. It's not necessarily about the gaming. The 1440 lets you have so much more real estate on your monitor. Things uh they fit better, you know, everything looks it, it's just different. You you have to see it because like I, where I my setup is I've got a 1080p monitor, then I've got right next to it a 1440. When I have a, a window open on the 1080p and I drag it over onto my 1440, that it's window jumps out half. <laughs> no, it gets, well, it's it's much more crisp, but it also gets a lot smaller okay. because of the resolution is different. So I would highly recommend, like, if I were to rank it, in order would be uh, resolution, right? Is the top, is number one priority. Uh, then for, you know, your situation, wanting to get rid of two monitors, replace with one, then yeah, an ultra wide would be second. And, and then third, if you, especially if you're not playing games, uh, or doing audio or I mean, not audio, uh, video editing, you know, the refresh, not that big of a deal. Right. Uh, if you're not playing uh, like, uh, you know, games or, or, 
you know, high resolution, high frame rate stuff. So, so going from going from 60 hertz to, and the problem is you're, you're going to find most of the 1440s, the max mm-hmm. resolution with the 1440s are at that 240 hertz level. So, yeah. you know, with that refresh, that, that's overkill. That's overkill. And so, unfortunately, you know, you're looking at if you're looking at 1080, you're at 144 hertz, but you also have a price difference. We're talking yeah. of almost three, four hundred bucks. And, yeah. you know, and, and it was kind of funny because the aspect ratio on this uh, 5120 by 1440 that is part of the Samsung uh, is, um, I mean, again, we're talking, they don't even list the aspect ratio on it. Because I think you have so many options when you're running at that that refresh and that, that max resolution. Yeah, see, I'm trying to see if there's, I mean, there's got to be other ones out there. Because, again, you're, yeah. you're going for, like, a gaming monitor. So... For instance, like right here, there. Okay, I'm just looking at Amazon right now. Yeah. Uh, there is an LG Ultra Wide. It's a 34 inch, 21 by nine curved. Right. 1440, oh. and it's selling for 499. See, that's pretty good. Again, but you have 34. So I'm going from two 27s, which mm-hmm. in essence basically is a 49 inch, you know, widescreen ultra wide. Sure. If I go to one 34 inch. That's curved. I'm kind of cutting down my capabilities. The other one I was looking at was Asus, uh, and mm-hmm. you know I like Asus motherboards. I like Asus products. You know, yeah. use, use them. For, I had a laptop that I loved. They have one that's a 49 inch, you know, ultra wide, uh, mm-hmm. 3840 by 1080. Again, it's not 1440, but it's by 1080, and it has. But again, the product dimensions. 13 inches, well, almost 14 inches from top to bottom. And that one is selling much cheaper. That one is actually available if you're looking for that particular one from Asus at a $799 price point. So there's another one here from Asus that it does fit the bill. So I, it looks like if you want to get anything bigger than a 30, you know, 35 up to 39 inches, right? you can't really go, I mean, according to, I mean, I'm just looking at Amazon again here, but um, it's kind of hard to get QHD ultra wide 1440p in anything bigger than you know up to 39 inches. If you want to go bigger than that, you kind of have to step down to full HD 1080p. If you want to stay within a reasonable budget. Now, if you got like money's yeah. no object, yeah. well then yeah, sure. But they've got uh, an ASUS ROG. It's a 43 inch uh, 4K. Now it's not ultra wide, right? Uh, or and so it's it's a full on monitor, sixteen by nine, but it is four K. It's one hundred and forty four hertz, um, and it's only eight ninety nine. Yeah, but you see, then for that same price, you get that curved forty nine inch, which would sit on the desktop and it would look. The aesthetics are it would look great. You know. Yeah. The, there's, the, yeah. The other one, that. the other one from Samsung is the uh, I think it's the Odyssey Neo G nine. That one though, that's that's crazy. Look at the price of this one, nineteen hundred dollars. Oh wow! It does fifty-one twenty by fourteen forty, does two hundred and forty hertz, and has a dimension of sixteen point five inches. To me, that's that sweet spot. But also the other the other question that people have had is QLED versus LED. Where where is the difference and what does it mean? Hmm. And didn't well, you recently buy a QLED TV? Yeah. So the thing is. QLED, it's it's Samsung proprietary, first off. Right. Okay. QLED. Um, 
it's basically it, it uses brighter colors. It's so now it's not as good as OLED organic light emitting diodes, but QLED does have brighter colors. If you're going to be watching it in a very bright room or a bright office on your on your monitor or whatever, you're not really going to see a huge difference between LED and QLED. Okay. But if you're if you're in a dark theater style room or whatever, then yeah, yeah, you you probably will probably notice a difference. All right, and then that other question: sixty hertz to one hundred and twenty or one forty four. Uh, Again, so, I I don't think that really makes a difference. All right, not me gaming. Uh, so making that jump from one forty, so instead of going to to two hundred forty hertz, sticking around one forty four to keep a, a good price point should be good. Yeah, I, I'd say so. All right, and the other question is, I've noticed a lot of people talking online. They're saying don't buy monitors online. They're saying buy monitors in you know in a store, in a retail store, like going into a Best Buy or going into an Office Depot. And buying the monitor there because number one, it's easier to return, especially with a forty-nine inch ultra wide because they are huge. They take mm -hmm. a lot of real estate, uh, a huge box, and they're saying that way if there is an issue with it because people have gotten monitors that have been damaged. You know, ordering through online services. Um, so, is it better? Do you think with a purchase like this to buy it in retail? Well, I mean, if you buy it in retail, you can put your eyes on it. You know, yeah. and you can see it firsthand what it looks like. I don't have a problem buying online. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually still waiting on my Kickstarter of from Eve, <laughs> Eve Spectrum, that right. it was, you know, promised to be in early 2020, but then obviously COVID hit. I'm supposed to get my, my, my uh, 1440p gaming monitor from Eve here in April. And no, it's, it's not an ultra-wide. Yeah. It's not an ultra-wide. It's a 27-inch, so it's, it's, it's pretty decent size. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fourteen forty. No, mine's going to be two forty. Mine's going to be two forty, and fourteen forty p resolution. And uh, wow, yeah, it's going to be nice. But that only cost me because it was a Kickstarter back in there. It only cost me, I think, it was six ninety nine. That's amazing, especially when you see the prices for people that have been following along. They probably jumped on Amazon and are looking with us. When they look at the prices, they know that that is yeah. a great deal. Well, you're going to get a better price, I think, online, too, because a lot of times online doesn't have to deal with the brick and mortar. That's the whole purpose of how how Amazon got so big. You know, they don't have to pay for the brick and mortar, the rent and the property tax and blah, blah, blah. They just got a warehouse full of stuff. So you're going to get a little bit better deal. However, a lot of brick and mortar have started to combat against that by saying, we'll match it. If you want that price on Amazon, that's that's 30 bucks cheaper than what we're offering. We'll sell it to you for 30 bucks cheaper if you buy it here. So it might be good to do your research online, try to figure out what you want, and then try to find a local store because then you get it today. You know, yeah. you walk in, you buy it, you take it home. Boom. There done. it is. You've got it. Yeah, exactly. Now, the other the other question is um, graphics cards. Now, the good news is we, we got word this week that apparently Asus is saying that, uh, that they're looking at the graphics market being a little easier. We've already started to see... Now, more availability of the 3080s, the 3090s, 3060s, 3050s, of all of these graphic cards available on the market, which are are great. Now, you might think, okay, this that's for gamers, Andy. That's where gamers are going to be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, winning. But honestly, even those that are doing video editing, photo editing, they're, they won't have a good graphics card in there. And when um, I decided to finally do this build last year uh, that is still sitting on the floor in the office, I haven't plugged it in. I just plugged it in just to test it out and get it all set up. Um, though that's the one thing that I did not get in it. I really wanted to get was a really good graphics card. I got a 1050. 
okay. with four gig, four gigs of RAM. So Asus is saying that the RTX cards uh, are going to be about 25% cheaper starting this month and through next month. And what that means is like, uh, say a graphics card that was the 3060, 12 gigabyte, is going to go from uh, 550 to about 412 bucks. And, you know, if you wanted to go all out and get a 3080, 12 gigabyte, you're going to see that price drop from about 1500 to about $1,100. Still a lot of money. Yep. yep. But if you're adding 4K to your to your video chain and you're going to say you're going to go out and you're going to buy a 1440k monitor. Are you going to want to invest in a, a better graphics card to be able to keep up for processing all of that graphics? Oh, absolutely. So that's, that's yeah, the uh, next step. You're going to need to have a decent graphics card. I mean, you can't just go and throw a 1440p monitor and expect everything to work great. Now, I mean, again, if, if you're not doing any gaming, if you're just using it to show windows and documents mm -hmm. and web browsers and things. Yeah, 1440, even a 4K, you'd be fine with just a regular old graphics card. But if you're going to try to do any type of gaming, yeah, you're going to need it. You know, <laughs> you're going to need a pretty decent graphics card. I mean, there's even with mine, I mean, I've got the 2080 Ti, which is a good which, card, you know, just which is a great card, but I can't even run video games at 4K. Now, first off, I don't even have a 4K monitor, so I don't need to. Not yet. But even if I wanted, <laughs> Well, I'm not, even with this Spectrum coming out, I'm not going to get it 4K. I'm only going to get it 1440p. Because even at 1440p, my games, I'm struggling to keep 70 frames a second. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and so, I mean, as long as I can get between 50 and 70, I'm, I'm a happy camper. You know, frames per second, that is. But, you know, if I, I've seen people like, uh, you know, some of these streamers, you know, they've got they've got dual RTX 3090s. Oh, I mean, man. These things, you know, th that's that's like three, four thousand dollars right there, and just in graphics cards. And these guys are running 4K, and they're getting like 240 frames a second, or 250 frames a second. It's ridiculous. So it just it also helps with the gameplay, doesn't it? When oh, somebody absolutely. has that top of the line. Well, uh, what's what should we call it? Uh, Nvidia. Nvidia. Their, their their new tagline is "Frames win games." <laughs> I mean, seriously, it does. Yeah. It really helps if you if you have a faster frame rate. Your, your screen will be smoother, things will happen quicker, and you won't get so much jitter. Like if you're like, let's say you're playing Call of Duty and a guy runs across the screen, instead of it jittering and, and, and every other frame he's moving, you know, another step, it would be a lot more smooth because it can, it can process all that. So let me ask you with that and with a 1440 monitor coming in, do you think you'd be, because that was what I was thinking, if I go lower end price-wise, on the ultra wide, then I can have a little money put aside to get a better graphics card and go ahead and, and buy a 3080 once the prices Could. really start to come down. And we already, yep. like I said, we're already seeing them now. Last year, this time, you couldn't buy one. Good mm -hmm. luck. Uh, and yeah. if you were going to buy one, you weren't going to get it for a couple of weeks. Now you can buy them and have them within uh, a couple of days. Now, whether some of our retail outlets, I know that SWS Electronics on, um, uh, on Speedway and Alvernon, they have some of these high-end graphics cards. You still pay a little premium for them. Mm -hmm. But you can pick them up now where you couldn't do that before. I, I, Best Buy still only carries Radeon and the 730. That's all what? they've got. That, I was in there the other day, and I'm looking. And all they had was a GTX 730. Or oh not even God. GTX, the GT 730. And I thought, oh. Oh, my gosh. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, do you think you would go ahead and upgrade from a 2080? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I would like to, but 
I don't play as many games as I used to. And another thing too, we're talking. Okay, we you start with you. We we start talking about a monitor, and now we're talking about upgrading a graphics card. Well, in a lot of situations, you go over a better graphics card like the thirty eighty or thirty ninety. Now you got to get a new power supply because those cards oh, pull up a lot right. more power. Yeah. yeah, and you just had so, to replace yours, didn't you? Is that uh, what you ended up doing? No, yeah, no. I, I've had this one for a while now. Because I remember uh, you, you were having an issue a while ago, and you yeah, got it, it fixed. ended up not. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't the power supply. Actually, it was just the uh, graphics card driver that caused it to crash. Amazing. But anyway, yeah. So my it's been running fine now. Um, but yeah, those thirty eighty cards pull a lot of wattage, especially under load. So you go out and you think, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and go from a 1070 up to a 3090. No, you're not. Oh, boy. That's, <laughs> Good luck. that's another thing. Well, I'm running a, an 800 watt. So, yeah. of course, well, then I think you should be OK. Yeah, yeah, I think you should be OK. Should be OK. So, um, all right. Good. That's something to think about. That was good news from Asus this week. Now, I, I want to tell you about something to be careful of. So, as you know, I have been looking for a day job. So I had mm -hmm. a day job uh, where I was working for a big company providing uh, radio services across the country. And it was a lot of fun. I'd finish doing the morning show here at KGVY, come home. I would do that job. And that job covered, had insurance. It had all that stuff. It was well, well paying. It did it for about five years. Well, I budget cuts. It was let go. So I've been looking. So mm -hmm. I, have, of course, I'm on Indeed. I'm on Z um, Monster. I'm on ZipRecruiter uh, through LinkedIn and doing some of that, trying to find the right. And I'm looking at tech, right, that, that mm -hmm. I can do remotely and whatnot. I got to tell you, weird situation last week. I, I got one, and it was for Monster. And it was a link. Hey, here's a job you might be interested in. Remote uh, desktop support, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it. So I go online and I click the links through and I start putting my info. I uploaded my resume. And then I noticed something, Justin. The link I was on, very, very questionable. Again, started off with a bunch of, uh, started off with a bunch of different letters and numbers. Okay. Wasn't really pushing uh, to anywhere. And it was a federal job, right? And I thought, okay. well, this is kind of weird. And then I'm going through it and I'm in, I started to enter my information and it started asking me questions like the last four of my social, the street I lived on growing up. Hmm. What was the name of my first dog? Yeah. Uh -huh. no, and, 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 and yeah, so those are things right there. That's red flag. I mean, you haven't even set up security questions and it's already asking you for the answers to those. Yeah. Yeah. That's a red flag. And it, that's the thing is, is I want to remind people if you're looking for a job, just because suddenly this might be the perfect opportunity for you, I, I canceled. I'm no, I'm not applying for this job. Um, mm -hmm. Don't do that because again, just because they say they're hiring doesn't mean they've been fully vetted that they are yeah. a company. They have a position. This is a great way to get your information and, of course, put you in harm's way by trying to steal your data. So, well, I mean, they could be hiring to make you what, a scammer. Why, we, yeah, right. Why do they want to know the name of the street I lived on growing up? Because they want to take your information and try to, you know, steal your identity. Exactly. Or log, in, or log into this, those, those websites that ask you those questions. When you click on the, I forgot my password link, then it's going to ask you all those questions. And the more they got from you, the better their chances are of being able to get into your accounts. Yeah. So be very careful. And even if it's a reputable site, like, yep. you know, one of those, just be very careful. We got to take a break. We come back. We've got more of Tech Talk Radio coming up. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Well, it's always cool when one of us uh, gets uh, a new toy to play with when it comes to tech. What? Yeah. Well, you call it a toy, but well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I got one this week. I'll tell you about coming up, but uh, you got something 
that um, it, well, you finally felt it was time to upgrade and you're getting a benefit out of it, right? I am. So I've been, okay, so I got a new uh, Wi-Fi router. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's actually taking place of, of my, Juniper, my Juniper switch that I had running. And it takes place of the routing functions of my modem from CenturyLink, you know, that, 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 that was doing a lot of my routing. And it also takes place of the Google Home Wi-Fi because I was having connectivity issues with the Google Home Wi-Fi. It just wasn't oh, wow. powerful enough. So I went out and got the most expensive <laughs> wireless router that I could possibly justify buying. All right, but, but uh, first, why didn't you stick with Juniper? I'm just kind of wondering. Well, the Juniper switch that I had was uh, out of production. It was end of life. Right. And it was simply just a, a switch. It wasn't, it didn't do any wireless. It didn't really do, I mean, it did it did layer three. It, it I could, yeah. but I, I put it in there in haste way back when we first moved in because I didn't have a lot of time to get the network set up and I never really enjoyed the way it was set up. There was too many hops in between the things. So, right. um, you know, you went from Wi-Fi to the, to the switch, from the switch to the modem and then the modem out to the internet. I just didn't like the way it was set up. So a couple weeks ago, I went out and I got the uh, Asus uh, ROG, Republic of Gamers, Rapture GT AX 11,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> it sounds intense. So, this thing looks like, it looks like a spider upside down. Like the legs. Yeah. It's got, it's got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's got eight antennas. So it's like a spider on its back. Right. And it's it's a beast, and it's heavy too. I mean that that router probably weighs a good five to eight pounds alone. This is an amazing looking router. It really yes. is. Yes, and it's very very powerful. So this router does also it it, it does the the wife the new Wi-Fi standard AX so eight hundred two dot eleven AX, mm-hmm. which is a secondary uh, five gigahertz band. So I'm pushing out a two point four gigahertz Wi-Fi for older clients. I'm pushing out a five gigahertz for my main clients and a secondary five gigahertz with DFS channels, which are, you know, less used channels. So I've got, but it, but it all falls under one SSID. Right. So my devices can choose if they want the higher range of the five gigahertz or the lower get range of the five gigahertz, or if they want to go down to 2.4 gigahertz, it all seamlessly hands off. And again, this takes place of my Juniper router or my Juniper switch, because it was honestly, it was just linking up, three devices. That was it. I was like, well, I don't even need this anymore. So I kind of rearranged the way things work in the house. I had to re, uh, re-tap a new uh, Ethernet jack that wasn't tapped down correctly since the day I moved in, but mm. I just never really needed it, so I didn't worry about it. But I re-tapped it down, got it working. The router itself is really, really good, but it's a little bit confusing because there's a lot of options. I mean, yeah. it's got everything from a mesh network. If I If I get a second one of these, uh, you got AI protection, you got parental controls, you got game acceleration, you got uh, Wi-Fi radars, uh, built-in VPN server and, oh, wow. and built-in VPN client. Uh, if I want to like, if I want to do VPN for the entire house, I can just set it up once on this ASUS ROG, uh, the Rapture, and it would just everything would be VPN protected. Um, I've got on-demand guest network, so like on my phone, I have an actual app for the router. When I open up the app, if somebody comes over and says, hey, man, can I get on your network? I'll be like, yeah, no problem. I just hit one button. It generates a custom guest network 
with its own guest password, and I can set it to be available for one hour, you know, or thirty minutes, or uh, up to three, you know, five days. Or you could you could disable it right there from your app. Yep, that too. Nice. I can just go in and say, all right, he's gone. Disable the guest network. Bam, done. Yeah. And so I can fire off guest networks left and right to keep people isolated if they come over. Wait, so um, hold on. So because in most cases, like with the Linksys, uh, with the guest network, and I don't know about the newer one, but I'm looking at the one I've got. I can set up a guest network, but if you have four guests here, they're all connect. They're all on that same network. This will exactly. actually isolate them. I can create four separate guest networks. Oh, that is amazing. Very yeah, cool. If I wanted to, if I had four guests, I could do four separate guest networks. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So, and then it's got a lot of cool features. Like I can watch the network traffic, upload, download. I can see my ping deviations. Um, I can see all my wire, all my devices that are connected. Right. You know, uh, uh, also do, you know, the problem that we were having before the show is the port forwarding. And again, oh, this yeah. is where things get a little bit confusing because They've got so many different ways of doing port forwarding. You got open NAT, you've got a firewall, then you've got virtual server port forwarding. It's like, okay, which one do I use? Because they're all doing what looks to be the same thing, but they're all for different purposes. So I couldn't get my port forwarding set up to allow you to connect to me to do the show. So I actually had to connect to you. Right. You know, outbound, everything's allowed, outbound. Um, but also this thing has integrations with uh, uh, Google, uh, like the home, uh, Alexa and IFTTT. If this, then that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can literally just say, you know, Alexa reboot the router or whatever. And if, it, if I had it connected, which I don't, <laughs> thankfully, you'd be if gone. I had it connected, there's the end of the show right there. Um, but if I said that it would reboot the router for me, or I could say, Alexa, turn on the guest network. Boom. Done. Oh, that is neat. You know, really you know, cool. I could do those kind of things. So it's a really cool router. I've got a lot of playing around to do. The one other thing I don't really like about it is their documentation on this. It's very, yeah. very basic. And so it leaves a lot to be discovered. Yeah. Now, but it, it's, the but thing it's is, and it was expensive, though. It yeah. was 450 bucks. Well, I'm looking. It's actually listed even higher uh, online and depending which one you get. So. I'm wondering though. Best Buy. The the big thing here though is with this, have you noticed an increase in your ability to connect to, you know, say Netflix or Hulu throughout the house? Yeah. Um yes and no. So a, a lot of my devices, a majority of my devices are wireless. Right. Running the using the fact that I'm running this this router. And by the way, I live in a three-story home. This router is in my basement. And Whoa. I still have connectivity upstairs. So That's really good range on that. Really good range, but upstairs, albeit it's a lot of a lot slower because it's got to go through two floors. But in the basement, yeah, if I'm in the basement and I'm running anything Wi-Fi, I mean, I'm getting, I'm you know, I've got gigabit internet. I used to be running around 200 megs up and down on right. Wi-Fi. Now I'm getting around 600 to 700 up and down. Amazing. That's great. So that's that's really good for that. And, and that's why, you know, standing right next to the router. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good router. It's, it's really good. I just, I just need to learn it because there's a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, and there, you're right. Asus documentation has always, has not always been the best. Yeah. Uh, but again, they, I think they, they rely to you being able to go online and you can go online. I know, uh, cause I was on the Asus site when we were trying to troubleshoot and I was looking at yeah. all the different configurations. Uh, there are a lot of options on this, Yeah. but so you'd yeah. right. You'd recommend it then. <laughs> I do recommend it. But again, if if you are in need of a very very powerful 
layer three Wi-Fi slash router, Wi-Fi uh, router slash, you know, regular router. Yeah, that's great. But you better know what you're doing because it, it's got a lot of stuff in it. One of the toys that I bought this weekend and I originally wasn't going to do go all out. And it's because I, I have a project. Uh, a um, uh, person I know had reached out to me and said that he knew somebody that had a project and wanted to know if I could do it for her. It was taking old 45 RPM records recorded, I want to say maybe in the 60s, I think it is, by family members. I don't know if you remember, you could go to a vending booth and you could create your own 45 RPM records, old vinyl records. Yeah, used to be able to do this. And so I guess the family had done that and they've been put away and now they want to be able to play them, but they didn't have a turntable. So they were looking Mm. at the idea of this and they... You know, they thought maybe it'd be better if we have it available as a digital as well as a CD. Uh, And so that person reached out uh, through this person and said, could you do this? I'm like, absolutely. So I thought, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to need to be out. I was going to take it here to the station. I was going to go ahead and just do it in the production room. We have an old turntable on there. Then I realized there's no needle on that. There hasn't been a needle on that turntable in about 12 years. So I thought, well, better better go. So I did some shopping and I found uh, Victrola 7-in-1. Now, the problem is you go to buy a turntable. The, it is the craziest thing because prices range anywhere from $99 all the way up to $240. And you for could a be turntable? Look- yeah, for a turntable. And you could be looking at a turntable you might find in Best Buy for $220. And you might go on Amazon and it looks like the same turntable, right? And it's mm-hmm. $140. But it's not the same turntable. It's missing a few things. So I got the signature line of the Victrola 7. It's the 7-in-1. And, man, this thing looks sweet. It's a perfect add-on to an entertainment system. Uh, it cost, sent me back about 220 bucks. I'd love to get a nice turntable. I've got one of those Crossleys that you get, like yeah. you get from, like, Walmart or yeah. Bad Bath & Beyond. They sell them at they Target. Are, they are so bad. Don't buy anything Crossley, honestly. I, I've heard a lot of stories about the needles wearing out very quick, and and it sounds like it sounds really, really bad. Yeah, I, I took I took my records and I started playing them, and I'm like, gosh, they just sound so disgusting. And then I got a friend that's got a Techniques. You know, Techniques is like, you yeah, know, top that's of the, the line, standard, yeah, top of the line. Yeah, I mean, you, how much are how much is a Techniques? Is there stuff to know. make I them again now? Because I when I used to be a mobile, over a thousand, aren't used they? to be a mobile DJ. I would say more around seven or eight hundred bucks. Uh, okay. The uh, the twelve hundred. The uh, yeah. that was just a the, a great, great turntable. For all DJs, all DJs had t- t- Techniques 1200 series. Yeah. And they really, you change yeah. the pitch. They were easy for doing that stuff. But, but they are the best. <laughs> well, this this Victrola 7-in-1, uh, this is what it can do. So it has not only uh, the turntable, but it comes with a 45 RPM insert. It does 45, 78, and it does 33 and a third, you know, albums as yep. well. A turntable on top. It's in a nice wooden kind of case. You can lift it up uh, just like that. And then, you know, when you put it down, the whole bit. Then it also has CD, can play a CD and burn a CD. So if you want to take your album that maybe is rare. I mean, I cut an album when I was in high school or no elementary school even. And I could take that album and make a CD of it. So you yep. can do that. You That CD will also burn a cassette. It has a side cassette loader. You put it in, and there you can listen to your favorite old cassettes. Nice. It can also connect via Bluetooth, 
So you can uh, stream your smartphone music, whatever. You could stream that right to your to that unit, which has got some great sounding speakers. And then this is this is the the Piesta de Resistance. It's mm-hmm. got a USB port on it, so you can plug a USB cable, connect it to your laptop, your desktop, uh, computer, and then they give you software. I thought this is going to be special software. No, they give you a copy of Audacity. Uh, and so, which is free, it's open yeah. source software. Uh, but that way you can actually rec- make recordings onto your PC, save them, edit them, d- distribute them as an MP3, do what you need to do. But again, um, a pretty good unit. And again, it sounds really good and it looks great. And it even has an FM tuner on it, but an old analog tuner. So you have to tune it in, you yeah, know, sure. and as Andrew Capasso was telling me the other day, you find the station you want. You, you finally sit there and you listen to it for about 10 minutes and realize you're on the wrong station because <laughs> we're all used to digital. But yep. uh, you can find now if you go to Victrola's website, here's a nice thing. Uh, you go to Victrola's website. They've got a new record. It's like a record of the month club, which I think is great. So it's like the old days. You, you go and you sign up. You can join the record of the month club and every month you get a brand new record. And they mm-hmm. are putting out vinyl now in not only some of the old stuff that has not been pressed, but we're talking about new stuff from artists, whether it be country, rock, classic hits, oldies, the and whole bit. Com- it's making a huge comeback. It really is. And, and uh, I've now, seen more record stores recently than I've ever had in the past. Yeah, there are more coming up. And, and you're seeing them carried in, in regular stores. Walmart, Targets, they carry yep. some of the albums. Yep. They're a little pricier than we used to spend on albums, but sure, still not well, bad. You know, adjusted for inflation and all. Now, and if you but, yeah. if you bypass going into the, the big box store and you buy the Victrola from... Uh, Victrola itself, they'll give you a free album to go with it. And with albums running about anywhere from $24 to $30. How, how do you spell that? Victrola, V-I-C-T-R-O-L-A. Uh, you can go to their website and you can actually join the club or you could buy it there and get a free uh, get a free album as well. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so their cheaper lines do yeah, look they have a cheaper lot ones. like, yeah, they, they look a lot like those Crossleys that yeah. I bought. They, you know, like you said, like the 6-in-1 or 7-in-1. Um. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And uh, don't forget, Record Store Day is coming up April twenty third. So, um, you know, if you want to get Ooh. in on that, there's going to be lots of rare recordings uh, from David Bowie, stuff we've never heard before from Prince uh, and other artists as well. So, Record Store Day to support the mom and pop record stores. It's good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. I'm yep. looking up right now techniques. I'm just want to see how be- how much the techniques. The techniques twelve hundred. Oh boy, I can't yeah. even imagine. All right Ooh, now the Denon. The Denon seven hundred. Denons weren't bad. I like yeah. them. Oh yeah, techniques SL twelve hundred GR direct drives turntable new, seventeen hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? I thought yeah. you'd get them for like eight eight nine hundred bucks. Wow. Mm, not the twelve hundred series. Wow. Those are yeah. those are great turntables though. But yep. you know they they don't have the it's just the turntable is what you get That's ah it. here we go Crutchfield Crutchfield has the Technics SL fifteen hundred C which fifteen hundred well it's it's le, it's it's not the same as the twelve hundred C's because it does not have the pitch and the tempo right and that's for twelve hundred dollars that's still a lot of money just yep. for a turntable with yep. this Victrola you actually get speakers and you plug it in and you're good to yep. go but yeah yikes all right coming <laughs> up next we've got uh, Lisa Green Lewis. Uh, TurboTax, Intuit, going to be talking about uh, TurboTax and their TurboTax online version of the software. Now, while we did the, we'll tell you, we recorded this interview last week. So uh, the date is kind of cut off for the uh, TurboTax 
client that's available. So either way, we're going to talk with Lisa Green Lewis from Intuit. That's coming up. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. And now back to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. And the season is upon us. The big crunch, of course, getting our taxes done. And we're not that far away. And if you've thought, you know what, I really want to get my taxes in. You know, we've been told you don't want to do them on paper. Uh, You don't want to send them in on paper because it is going to delay quite a bit. So you want to be looking at a program like TurboTax. And for many years, we've talked about TurboTax and how powerful and what a great program it is. And the go-to person is CPA and tax expert, Lisa Green-Lewis, who is with us on Tech Talk Radio. Lisa, always great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. A little history for those that, you know, maybe they've seen ads, but they're not too familiar if they've never used it. Tell us a little history about TurboTax. TurboTax has been helping taxpayers easily file their taxes and also get their tax refunds for over 30 years. It switched it switched from Chipsoft into it bought yep. TurboTax in 1993. For the average user, for or, or maybe somebody who's never used it before, are they going to find it pretty easy to work with? I mean, we've come a long way with the program with wizards that help out. Is, is it still easy? It's very easy. Um, TurboTax, in, we improve every year. You know, we listen to our customers and we make it easier every year. It easily guides you through your taxes. It asks simple questions. And then you don't need to know anything about the tax laws or tax forms. It fills out everything for you um, to accurately file your return and also you know, you can jumpstart your return by snapping a picture of your W-2 or your even now for self-employed, your 1099-NEC. You can snap a photo of that and all the information will go to the correct forms. What are the requirements for somebody to file? And can they use TurboTax to determine if they need to be filing their taxes? Yes. So it no matter if you have a simple tax return, so that's like 1040 form only and um, no schedules all the way up to if you're self-employed or an investor, you can use TurboTax. And when you go online with TurboTax, it will guide you. It'll ask you questions about your life, what happened, you know, in 2021, and then it'll guide you to the correct product. And also one thing to point out, if you have a simple tax return, you can file for free. And you can do it yourself for free, but also right now until March 31st, you can also get help from our TurboTax Live experts for free if you have a simple return. So they can either help you along the way or you can fully hand your taxes off to them. And that's until March 31st. If somebody has a complex situation, like maybe they own properties in different states or you know, like myself, I have an LLC and there's businesses out there. Um, I got to tell you, I love how easy it is to use. But for our listeners there, um, are you going to find different tax situations, different products that will handle it? How many different TurboTax options are available to the consumer based on those type of situations? Yes. So depending on your situation. So we talked about the TurboTax free edition, and that's if you have a simple tax return. But then also if you're a homeowner, um, that would be TurboTax Deluxe. If you are an investor, whether you invest in real estate, stocks, or cryptocurrency, you can use TurboTax Premier. And then we have TurboTax Self-Employed if you're self-employed as well. And you also mentioned LLC. 
if you are a sole proprietor LLC, you can use TurboTax self-employed. For all of those levels and your situation, you can also connect to our TurboTax Live experts. You can use the trial version for free. Get in there and see what your situation is going to be. And then decide, okay, yeah, this looks great. This is good. And then at that point, if they're in a situation where they would have to upgrade to one of those programs, they could still go ahead and take care of that all right there and it's ready to go. Right. You know, some some people want to do their taxes themselves, but they may come up with a question or a, multiple questions and decide they want to connect to a TurboTax Live expert. And in that case, they're easily accessible. They can connect to them and ask them their questions. Or if they decide they want to fully hand their taxes over, they can do that. Now, working from home. We've seen a lot of people doing that over the last couple of years. Some people finally decided, well, this is the time I'm going to go ahead and start a business. Or maybe their employer is telling them, well, you need to work from home. How does the self-employment version of this work out for many people? Yes. So if you are self-employed, one thing to point out, if you have an employer, unfortunately, you can't deduct your work from home expenses. I know that's a big uh, question now with people having you know, working from home for like two years. Right. But um, if you're self-employed, our TurboTax self-employed product, um, it searches for industry-specific deductions. We've done a lot of research. We know people are jumping into different professions, really unique professions, like over the last year, the creator economy, people are influencers. So our product, it gets smarter every year. It uses AI and machine learning. And it learns those professions and it'll search for industry specific deductions directly related to those professions. Not everybody has the same type of expenses that they can deduct. The program really does find those deductions and helps helps out. Like if somebody has uh, maybe a home they're renting, you know, that's, that's going to be income. They have to mm-hmm. think about this. This can actually help them weed through that and help them get the maximum deduction that they can. Right. And I know big trend that we're seeing, of course, after the pandemic, like new investors or people investing in crypto, we have our TurboTax Premier product that we looked into that and redesigned it. And now it can import up to 10,000 stock transactions and 4,000 cryptocurrency transactions at once. It's pretty incredible. And it directly imports from your financial institution. Now, a lot of the people that have decided to go ahead and take a look at crypto, maybe have money that they've put into crypto, whether it be Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatnot, but they've not taken anything out. Now that's confused a lot of people. Are they at that point, if they've just got the money sitting in there, they just took expendable income and bought crypto, do they have to pay taxes on it if they've not touched it? Yeah, that's a big question of, especially with people just diving into it, but you don't have to pay taxes on it until you have a transaction, like a sales transaction, just like a stock transaction. Right. So not until that point. And it would be handled like a stock if you've been holding onto it like an investment, either have a capital gain or capital loss. One of the things we we heard a lot about this year and everybody was like pulling their hair out going, what does this mean? Because with many people using Venmo, PayPal, some of the other services to receive payments, bill.com, they suddenly have to, well, they have to claim some of that money over $600. How is that working and and how will that affect people? Is it going to be depending on 
why they're getting that money? Yes. And that's one thing to point out that it doesn't start until your 2022 taxes that you file in 2023, but it is going to be a difference. So right now, the way the law is, payers or the third-party providers, they send you a 1099K if you've done 200 transactions and $20,000 it's going down dramatically more in line with a, like self-employed. Um, so they will be reporting if you get $600 or more. And we do see a lot of questions because a lot of people, I know I'll pay my kids in Venmo, yeah. give them cash in Venmo, or you pay somebody back for dinner. So when people saw that this new law was coming up, they were wondering if they're going to be taxed on like their friend paying for their dinner, if that's <laughs> going to be tracked. But it is going. It is for self-employed people. Right. That's where it will be tracked. It is something that that, and that's what I love about TurboTax. Not only is it for the now, for us to look at the previous year, how much money we've made, the transactions, but it really does give you a way to get ready for what's coming next year. The previous year uh, for 2020, I can actually take that information and have it imported into TurboTax to actually help work my 2021 taxes. And we're going to see the same for 2022. Right. It does make it really easy so you don't have to enter all that information. You talked about, you know, people that have a more involved return. Let's say you have real estate. You don't want to re-enter all that information again. And it just automatically transfers over easily so you could keep track of things related to your rental property or whatever, whatever it is. Absolutely. Now, uh, I also use another great uh, Intuit product, QuickBooks. I absolutely love QuickBooks. I use the mobile to track my mileage. I use QuickBooks for invoicing when I need to do that. Can that be integrated into the TurboTax or be able to get information from that just to make the step a little easier? Yes, it does integrate. So QuickBooks self-employed, whatever you track in there, your income, your expenses, it also has receipt capture. All of that information transfers directly from QuickBooks self-employed to TurboTax self-employed, and it goes on your correct form too, your Schedule C. So you don't have to type all of that in again. Well, Lisa, so many great products. Now, we know we could get it in retail, but you also go to the website. What is the website our listeners want to go to? Uh, they can just go to TurboTax.com. Lisa Green-Lewis, always great talking to you. And you know, hopefully we get a chance to talk next year and see where we're at with all of this. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. So, Roku is now released a new OS. It's OS 11, right? For Roku users that uh, have some of the Roku device, not all of them, are, I guess, are, are going to benefit from what they've been sure, adding yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But what are some of the things you're, they're adding to it here? So they're adding the ability. One of the things about the Amazon Fire Stick is if you've got a Fire Stick, you've got the Amazon app, you can actually make your screensaver photos out of your photo oh, collection. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's just part of the, the whole Amazon Alexa interface. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got the Echo Show. I did that recently and I can add 10 photos through my account. And, you know, I changed them. Yeah, 10 on the one that I'm using so I could change them and I'll change them, you know, maybe a couple times a week. Just go, oh, new photos of the grandson. Let's throw him up there and put that. Okay. But Roku users are now going to be able to have that and create custom screensavers with their photos, which I thought was funny, Justin, because 
if you have an Echo Show device, you know, or even a home assistant, I know you could do this. You can make, you know, photo screen shows. So you can put pictures of Eric up there, mm-hmm. you know, the whole bit. But people are still selling digital yeah. photo frames. Well, you take your SD card, you put it in the side. Well, now Roku users are going to be able to make custom screensavers. And they're going to be able to, if you have problems sometime watching a movie because the sound, the way the sound is, and maybe it's just not tuned to your ear, uh, okay. you're, you're now going to be able to have the uh, this, this Roku sound. But apparently... It's not going to be in all the devices. So I, so it's a special sound mode that lets you kind of fine-tune the sound? Yeah, so if you want to have, like, if you want to have, you want to hear more of the dialogue, less of the background music, uh-huh. because of the mix, you're going to be able to apparently isolate some of that and be able oh. to make it, it's going to make it easier for people to watch that are hard of hearing. Of course, there's subtitles, but, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of neat. This way you can kind of experience, but it's not, going to be available i think on which device uh it, well it says here the roku streaming stick 4k and that's a real popular device because i mean expense. come on that, that that's isn't that like kind of their top of the line why would they not yeah that's the one that a lot of people use so why I, would they not put that feature on it maybe eventually they'll throw that on there hmm. maybe I don't know. maybe eventually we have to hope on that one yeah all right and and sad news you wanted to share with us well yeah we found out that the guy who invented GIFs or GIFs, if, if, you, if whatever you want. Uh, he passed away last month. It was uh, uh, his, it, well, it, his family just announced it just a couple weeks ago. But uh, his name is uh, Steve Wilhite, and he was 74 years old. He actually invented them back in 1987. Now, see, and, um, isn't it, is it just me or does it, does GIF seem like it's been around since the 50s? Well, the peanut butter seem, has. I mean, it just seems like it's been around forever. You know, yeah, that graphical well, format. No. Well, first off, they didn't have computers back in the 1950s. I know. I'm just really. saying. I mean, yeah. It just, just yeah, seems I know. so it does, young. It, it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah. But he says that he always insisted it was pronounced GIF. Not like, GIF. Like a J. Not GIF. But I think the Internet Collective Society has taken on and said, no, it's going to be pronounced GIF. <laughs> That's what we're stuck gr- with. G- graphical interface. Or no, graphical. Graphical interchange, graphics interchange format. There you go. All right. So that's, that's, you know, you got the G and graphics. So GIF, not GIF. GIF was started as a static image, but then they found out that GIFs can actually do animations. Yeah. So they can do layers. And that's also all all uh, an animated GIF is, is just multiple layers of different photos that are combined into one image to make it look animated. Is there a website where people, if they want to make animated GIFs that they can go to? Oh my gosh. You see so much ingenuity on the web. Like, of course, the slap heard around the world at the Oscars. I sent you the video yesterday. Somebody took that, and I don't know how the heck they did it, but they have when Will Smith slaps him, the guy flies across, you know, Chris Rock's character flies across (laughs) the room and then lands in a a pile on the floor. And it's, it's, I don't know how they did it, but it's amazing. Yeah, so you can actually go to Giphy, uh, Giphy.com. So it's G-I-P-H-Y.com. You can create your own animated GIFs from uh, different pictures that you put uh, from your from your computer. So if you have, let's say you've taken your camera out and you took a bunch of like ran- uh, fast uh, JPEGs, you know, just like, you know, over, yeah. you can layer those up and create a GIF out of that. Very cool stuff. All right, um, again, you got that website. So that's it for this week. We've run out of time. Uh, Very website of the week, Giphy.com. Perfect. Uh, hopefully, Sean will be back with us next week. In the meantime, if you have questions, feel free to drop us a line, techguys at techtalkradio.com. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time.